Hello and welcome on to another episode here of the ISO Ball Podcast with your host Derek Terrio, your place to learn about the NBA on and off the court. So the NBA season has now concluded and the Los Angeles Lakers defeated the Miami Heat in six games, four to two. Uh, LeBron James with another finals MVP on his resume. That is now his fourth, including his fourth championship. Uh, and we'll talk about a lot of that sort of legacy stuff at the end of the podcast here. But I just kind of wanted to do a short podcast kind of wrapping up the finals here, talking a little bit more about, uh, you know, game by game, kind of what happened. Uh, just kind of one of those evergreen podcasts that you can kind of come back to uh, should you have, uh, you know, kind of forgot what happened or wanted to reminisce about exactly how the Lakers uh, won this series. So we're going to go through very, very briefly here, game by game from one through six to let you know, you know, what happened. And then we'll talk a little legacy stuff and then we'll wrap, then we'll wrap up the podcast. Not going to be a long one uh, today. There's going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff coming with the shortened off season, uh, given the, this COVID nineteen environment. Uh, the draft is on the way, free agency is on the way, and the season is right around at the corner. So, let's start uh, right away here and start with game one, uh, where the Lakers won one one sixteen ninety eight. So this one actually uh, was really never close, and the, part of the reason it was never close in game one is, you know, Jimmy Butler rolls his ankle. Um, Goran Dragic tears his plantar fascia, doesn't come back until game six, and Bam Adebayo hurts his neck and shoulder. And so, you know, all that happened in the first half, and by the second half, you know, it was just, there was nothing for Miami left to give. And uh, not just that, you got some good contributions from the role players of the LA Lakers as well. Uh, 13 points from Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Danny Green, 11 points, but was a plus 21 in the game, you got eight from Markeith Morris, another seven from Rondo, ten from Alex Caruso. Uh, so they really got contributions from everywhere, uh, and obviously the the big guys, Anthony Davis with 34, LeBron James with 25 of his own, uh, Anthony Davis with three blocks as well. So you know it really wasn't close here for the Miami Heat uh, in this very first game. Um, nothing much to talk about there. In game two, the Lakers also won 124 to 114. And there's a little bit more to talk about uh, in this one because the adjustment now had to be made uh, without Goran Dragic, without uh, Bam Adebayo. There now had to be a little bit more of an adjustment that the uh, Miami Heat had to make. And they were going to back to the 2 the 3 zone. And back to the 2 3 zone. And, mo- and for the most part, they got dominated in it. Uh, they really weren't able to get the stops they needed. Uh, the Lakers got up 47 three pointers uh, and made 16 of them. But on top of that, the Lakers also had a 40% off- offensive rebound rate, uh, which makes up for a lot of those misses. That is an astronomical rate. And a lot of it is Anthony Davis, uh, you know, getting the, getting the work done inside. Dwight Howard also, just three of three. Uh, he had. Uh, he actually didn't have any off- offensive rebounds in this one. That's right. So it was only Anthony Davis with eight offensive rebounds. That was really hurting them. LeBron James had uh, two offensive rebounds as well. Total of 16 offensive rebounds for the Lakers in this game. And that really was the difference as most of those led to uh, to putbacks. And the Heat just couldn't score uh, um, against the Lakers despite uh, a lackluster defensive performance from the Lakers uh, in retrospect. It was really Jimmy Butler that was trying to to bring them along. They did get 24 from Kelly Olynyk, uh, which was a, a nice boost there uh, off the bench. Uh, he played 37 minutes, uh, went three of seven from three, nine of 16 from the field. Uh, Jimmy Butler as well, 
7 of 17 for 25 points, uh, 13 assists, uh, and 8 rebounds uh, as well for Butler. And uh, Tyler Harrell also gave them something uh, in the starting lineup as well He with uh, 17 points of his own. Uh, and Jimmy Butler really proved himself as a playmaker in this series, really stepped up and took the role of what Drogic would, would usually do uh, as a as a pick and roll player, as a passer. Um, Jimmy Butler really started setting up his teammates in this series, and uh, it, it'll show as we go on to some of these next games here. So 124 to 114 for the Lakers uh, as they won in Game Two with no Bam, no Drogic, uh, got pretty much dominated in the two-three zone, and the Lakers uh, got up a lot of three pointers and their offensive rebound rate really won them that game two um game three the heat take it 115 to 104 and this this was uh this was a very hard fought game uh for the miami heat an obvious must win you can't go down 3-0 to any team let alone a lebron james team uh in the finals and it really showed that they uh, that they came up big. I mean, uh, LeBron perhaps perhaps his worst game of the series. I would say uh, he did have the 25, 10, and 8 stat line, but also had eight turnovers, uh, many of them in the first half. You know, the Lakers, you know, they hung around and even took a brief 91-89 lead uh, in the fourth quarter. But uh, the Heat kind of regained uh, their composure and closed the game out with a 26 to 13 run uh, in the fourth quarter. This was a Jimmy Butler game. He was unbelievable. 40-point triple-double without attempting a three-pointer. Just remarkable stuff from Jimmy Butler. One of the best finals performances we've ever seen. Uh, Again, let's read off the stats because it's worth it. So Butler, in 45 minutes, played a lot of minutes in this series. Uh, 14 of 20. 12 of uh, from the field, 14 of 20 from the field, 12 of 14 from the line, 11 rebounds, 13 assists, two steals, two blocks, uh, and 40 points as he was plus 20 uh, in this game for the Heat. He, it really brought them home. Uh, the next highest scorer was Tyler Hero with 17, and Kelly Olynyk with 17 as well. Uh, Butler was just fantastic in this game. This was this was an all-time uh, finals performance from Jimmy Butler, one that I hope we don't forget anytime soon because Jimmy Butler was just absolutely fantastic. And uh, I think uh, if you if you forgot what it looks like, just go and watch some of the highlights on YouTube. It was a really uh, fantastic performance from Jimmy Butler. So the Heat win that one, 115-104, and make the series 2-1. to So going into game four, now this is where LeBron sent that infamous text message to his teammates saying this is a this is a must win that they can't uh, go back to the two two, and um, it, and you know the Lakers definitely pulled this one out. I mean, uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron James, both of which played fantastic uh, in this game as they had all series. Um, the Lakers uh, and Frank Vogel really shortened their rotation. Uh, you know there there wasn't as many minutes. Uh, for guys like you know Dwight Howard, I uh, was seeing his minutes cut in favor of you know guys like Marcus Morris who played 30, uh, Rondo 28 minutes. He was one of se- he was one of seven, but still played uh, fairly well. He had seven rebounds and five assists and was a uh, a team high. Oh no, not a team high. Uh, tied for second in plus minus in the game with plus eight. Uh, Anthony Davis was a plus 17. But the real story in this game was Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who was 6 of 12 from the field, 3 of 8 from 3, had 5 assists. He was a plus 8 in this game with 15 points, but his 15 points felt like 30 because they came at such crucial times. Uh, He played fantastic defense. He had that one corner three-pointer late 
uh, late in uh, the fourth quarter and had the drive past Duncan Robinson uh, to kind of seal the game for the Lakers as well. He made some really uh, big plays in game four. And game four, the Lakers also uh, showed an adjustment defensively where they started to put Anthony Davis on Jimmy Butler. And this was an adjustment that were, that uh, did work. Uh, again, it held the Miami Heat to 96 points. Bam Adebayo did return in this game, uh, but obviously didn't look like the same Bam that we had seen throughout the year. Jimmy Butler was a minus 11 in this game, uh, 22 points, uh, nine uh, sorry nine assists, 10 rebounds. Only had three turnovers, but was 0 of 3 from 3, 6 of 7 from the line, and really just couldn't, you know, muster up the amount of uh, attempts he wanted uh, to get going because of Anthony Davis on him. Tyler Hero actually took the most field goal attempts uh, for the Heat in Game 4. He had 21 points of his own. Uh, but, you know, it seemed to work. It seemed to really slow down and stifle Jimmy Butler at least a little bit. Uh, and that was part of the reason, along with Contavious Caldwell-Pope, that the Lakers uh, pulled out the Game 4 victory to go up uh, 3-1 in the series. So now moving to Game 5. Um, so this might actually have been the best game of the series, in my opinion. Um, so Jimmy Butler carried the heat again, this time with a 35, 12, 11, and 5 stat line in 47 minutes. There's the infamous clip of him, like, leaning over the stanchion in just pure exhaustion, as he, he didn't even come out of the game for a full minute. 47 minutes for Jimmy Butler is just absolutely, I mean, incredible. Um, so... It was it was really his game uh, in Game Five. Uh, you know he was and the adjustment that the Miami Heat made now to uh, putting uh, Anthony Davis on Jimmy Butler was uh, now they're going to use Jimmy Butler as a role man. Uh, so he was being he was really being freed up as a role man to go out and now. Uh, just make plays in four on three, be a four on three decision maker. That was really big for Jimmy Butler and the Heat to get kind of get him away from Anthony Davis. That was really crucial uh, for him as well. Uh, they get they let Duncan Robinson get loose for seven made three pointers uh, in this game. He went seven of thirteen uh, for twenty six points. Uh, that was huge. Uh, for the Miami Heat as well, and the Lakers pretty much just lost him in like like little mental lapses. Like you just lose track of him for one second, and Duncan Robinson is that level of shooter uh, where you lose track of him. He takes three or four steps in the opposite direction of where you're going, and then it's it's a three that got down on your head. So there's at least three or four of them where uh, you know Danny Green lost him for one possession, KCP lost him for another. Uh, you know Rondo just failed to pick him up in transition. Uh, you know all that sort of stuff. So. Uh, Duncan Robinson really had his game, uh, and the Lakers outside of LeBron and Anthony Davis just weren't that good either. Uh, obviously, Danny Green has that you know that miss that infamous miss shot, uh, if you will, to win the championship, and um, he obviously took a lot of flack for that, a, a lot of unnecessary flack, including death threats, which is uh, to him and his wife, which is just absolutely unacceptable, like so ridiculous, I can't even put into words. But, you know, the rest of the Lakers really weren't that great either, uh, in my opinion. You know, KCP uh, was good, I would say, throughout the whole series. He gave him 16 points, uh, was neutral on the floor. Uh, 6 of 15 from the field is not great, but 3 of 8 from 3. Uh, but, you know, Markeith Morris, in 0 of 2 and 0 points in 23 minutes. Kyle Kuzma, 3 of 10 and a minus 17 with just 7 points in 22 minutes. 
Uh, Rondo actually did play well despite his uh, his lack of shooting. I, I will give him that as well. And then Alex Caruso just one of three for three points in 23 minutes of his own. Uh, and I think out of those uh, guys that I mentioned, I think Kuzma was easily the worst uh, to me in my opinion. And he, he, he had such a bad foul on Duncan Robinson too where Duncan Robinson made a three and he fouled him so clearly and uh, gave him a four-point play. Which was just to- which is just totally unacceptable. Uh, so you know Kuzma was easily the worst Laker to me uh, on the floor in Game Five. So the Heat end up pulling out that win, one eleven to one oh eight, and then we go to a Game Six where you know the game really wasn't even close. Uh, there was a point in this game where I think the score was like. 82 like 82 to 40 something uh like in the middle of the third quarter or something like that like the final score was 106 to 93 but that really doesn't do justice just to how bad uh, of a blowout this game really was uh it was unfortunate that a game six had to end like this but uh you know lebron james 28 points 14 rebounds, 10 assists, uh, just one turnover, 13 of 20 from the field. He just was just fantastic in this game all series. KCP, again, 17 points, uh, plus 8 in the game, uh, two of seven, just two of seven from, from three, but six of thirteen from the field. And Anthony Davis, obviously, uh, 19 points, 15 rebounds, three assists, a steal, and a couple of blocks. Uh, all those guys were fantastic. And shout out to uh, Rajon Rondo in 30 minutes. 8 of 11 from the field. 3 of 4 from 3. He had 4 assists, 4 rebounds, a steal, uh, a plus 5, and was 19 and had 19 points as well. He really stepped up as a tertiary guy there for the Los Angeles Lakers who really uh, just never really made this game close uh, in my opinion. You know, Jimmy Butler just 12 points, 5 of 10 from the field. Couldn't get it going. Uh, Bam Adebayo, 25 and 10 with five assists. He had a nice game, but again, minus 21 in the game. Kelly Olynyk was a plus 19 uh, in this game, where it was an, where it was a blowout, uh, which was really weird. I, I can't even believe I didn't notice that on first watch. And Goran Dragic came back in this game for 19 minutes again. He was just two of eight, 0 of four from three. Really didn't look like the same player uh, that had been leading this team in scoring uh, for most of the playoffs. So, so that's pretty much that's pretty much how it ended. It unfortunately ended in a blowout, but the Los Angeles Lakers take the game and uh, they uh, they move forward uh, as NBA champions. And so I just want to uh, kind of end here on some overarching themes from the series uh, that you can kind of point to. So Anthony Davis was dominant defensively in this series. Like not only was he blocking shots and changing shots at the rim throughout the whole series, but you could see that even when Miami Heat players were driving to the basket or even dribbled kind of near it, they weren't even remotely looking to score uh, when Davis was in the game because of his defensive presence around the rim. His ability to also guard Jimmy Butler in game four uh, and five was huge. Uh, that is, that's massive uh, for the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, LeBron James dominated the series offensively. He had the three ball uh, falling in game five. He had six threes in game five. But most of the series, he was getting to the rim, you know, finishing up under and around and through uh, all Heat players. He was really dominating at the rim. Um, with all the shooting that the Heat had, the Lakers actually took and made more three-pointers throughout the series, which I thought uh, was interesting. The Heat struggled to create uh, a reliable offense without Goran Dragic. It proved too much to have to play Jimmy Butler like 46 minutes a game and to handle the whole load uh, of um, of an offense uh, against this incredible Lakers defense, a, a defense that had been fantastic all year. 
Um, and that just goes to my next point here is that the Lakers won this series and the championship on the defensive end. This was a defensive uh, team uh, were the Lakers. You know, consistent adjustments throughout the series. Uh, we talked about, you know, Anthony Davis. Uh, on Jimmy Butler, uh, we talked a little. Uh, I guess we didn't talk about it, but going under screens on Butler, uh, also forcing him to you know shoot more of those jumpers. That was also an adjustment. Um, but LeBron and AD being the backbone of their defensive effort, you know more so AD than LeBron. But LeBron no slouch defensively, as we know, especially when he's engaged. Rajon Rondo defensively, like coming, like having a resurgence after not being a defensive positive player in like the last like four or five years. The consistency of, you know, guys like Danny Green, who we know is a good defender. Same with KCP. Same with Alex Caruso. You know, all those guys now mean that the Heat just, they don't have a consistent place to attack to, uh, like on offense or ways to score against this defense. And uh, the Lakers also did a good job of running the Heat shooters off the line and just making them beat you in other ways. So a ton of different ways defensively that uh, the Lakers were doing uh, a job on the Miami Heat offense and kind of taking them out of what they are so much, are so comfortable with. Uh, we talked about AD uh, on Jimmy Butler. Uh, the Lake uh, the Lakers did a lot of their damage offensively, getting up a lot of threes. We talked about that and winning by a large margin on the offensive glass, and also hunting out uh, Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson uh, on switches. The LeBron mostly did most of that, where he was just looking to uh, screen and make sure that the guy uh, w- that he wanted, being Robinson or Hero, was on him, and he would either drive by them to the rim, force help, and make the correct pass. Or just basically bully his way to the rim and get a ton of and ones and finish uh, at the rim as we know LeBron can do with consistency. So that was a lot of what the Lakers offense did. Uh, I'd say that he couldn't necessarily take advantage of the minutes when LeBron... Uh, and AD were on the bench, like not necessarily together, but when one of them was off the floor, it didn't seem like the Heat were actually like dominating those minutes or were taking advantage enough of those minutes. I noticed that in the series. And so let's do a little bit of legacy talk to end off the pod here. You know, let's start with LeBron James. Obviously, LeBron now moves to four and six in the finals. Uh, this is obvious. This to me is his second most impressive ring, uh, behind the one in 2016, and then I'd say third would be his 2013 ring against the Spurs, and then fourth being his 2012 one. Uh, he another Finals MVP with with three different teams, three Finals four sorry four Finals MVPs with three different teams is an incredible accomplishment. Uh, this does put another notch in his belt in his chase uh, for goat status if he's not already there. That's not a topic I'm looking to entertain on this podcast right now. Whether LeBron or Michael Jordan or somebody else is the greatest of all time, but it certainly this championship certainly does help. Uh, his argument to be in that conversation, and certainly he is. So, you know, LeBron, uh, you know, at age 35, uh, soon to be 36, seems like he still has more to go, you know, in the tank. The the Lakers are going to run this team back most likely, um, co- you know, coming back for the next year. So that is going to be, uh, that's going to be something uh, to watch as I think the Lakers will be in the thick of it next year. Uh, whether the favor or not might be a different question, but they're at least going to be in the Western Conference hunt to make it back to the finals. Uh, for Anthony Davis, you know, uh, Anthony Davis now, uh, it's all but a foregone conclusion, it seems, that Anthony Davis is going to re-sign uh, on a max deal here with the with the LA Lakers. He wins his first, first NBA title, uh, was a dominant defensive force uh, in, in this series offensively, and we know what he... Uh, 
uh, obviously I should say, and we know what he can do offensively. Uh, he's he's looking to stake his his claim as potentially the best player in the NBA, and definitely vaults himself into that conversation. This series defensively for Anthony Davis was, uh, I can't put it into words, he was just a monster. Uh, nobody could score on him, it seemed. And uh, obviously, we know what he can do offensively, like I said. Uh, Rajon Rondo, this is his second championship. Uh, I think I believe he's the only player to win a championship with the Lakers and the Celtics. Um, uh, again, uh, kudos to Rondo. A, a great uh, addition off the bench for the Lakers. Really uh, did contribute in this series and throughout the playoffs, uh, he uh, definitely has another notch in his belt in what is looking like a Hall of Fame case uh, for Rondo. At this point, I think I would have him in the Hall of Fame with two rings. Uh, very smart basketball player, high assist guy, uh, As at one point was an elite defensive guard, not so much anymore. Uh, but still something uh, that I think will bolster his resume uh, as he looks to get into the Hall of Fame, which I believe he will. Speaking of another Hall of Famer, Dwight Howard is now going to get his first NBA championship uh, after some, you know, we'll call it interesting stops uh, throughout uh, his career. He's had uh, stops with, you know, Charlotte and uh, Houston. Uh, there's oh, there's so many stops, I can't even think of them all. Uh, just to name a few that haven't necessarily gone his way. Obviously, the first stint with the Lakers is one of those stops as well. Uh, with the Atlanta Hawks, uh, he's just had so many uh, unfortunate stops that haven't necessarily gone his way which is uh, uh, quite unfortunate, but he did redeem himself uh, in these playoffs. Again, he was a, a big factor in that Nuggets series, and although he kind of got phased out of this Lakers uh, in this series uh, of the Lakers rotation, he still was a crucial part of the playoffs and definitely bolsters his excuse me, Hall of Fame resume, and uh, he will be going to the Hall of Fame despite uh, what anybody might think about his, uh, his past or his legacy. He, uh, in Orlando, was an absolutely dominant player, and he will be uh, in the Hall of Fame when it's all said and done. And the last guy I want to talk about is Jimmy Butler. Uh, Jimmy Butler, you know, we tend to believe that, you know, finals losses uh, taint your resume or don't really, uh, you know, put you on a bad pedestal, if you will. Like, if you have a finals loss in your resume, that's somehow a detriment uh, to your career. Uh, obviously, that is a, a stupid argument to me. Um, I don't I don't believe that to be the case whatsoever. So I'm going to make the counter-argument and say this actually bolsters Jimmy Butler's, you know, argument uh, for his career and puts a, a, a positive notch in his career. His performance throughout these playoffs was unbelievable uh, with uh, his two other running mates in Drogic, uh, and Bam going down, he carried this team. He put forth an incredible dog, willful effort uh, that will not go unnoticed. One of the best finals performances uh, we've ever we've ever seen in Game Three, like I talked about. And uh, he's on his way to a Hall of Fame uh, career. Uh, is he in a Hall of Famer right now? Mm, I'm not sure about that. Uh, I don't I don't think he's reached Hall of Fame status just yet. But you know, Jimmy Butler has a long way to go. His career is not even close. Uh, to finished here, uh, and he's got, and he's looking like he's been a, he's going to be a fantastic player uh, for a long time. Only 31 years old, going to be 32 uh, in September, which uh, is a full year from now. So you know, Butler has a long way to go uh, to bolster his career, and you got to believe with the Heat uh, and their willingness to build uh, something special around him that he's going uh, to uh, only bolster his career going forward with whether it be all-star appearances, all-NBA, all-defense, whatever. Uh, I believe that Jimmy Butler is only going uh, to 
uh, have more moments like this in his career, and uh, he deserves every one of them. I, I love his leadership. I love his no-die, no-quit mentality. Uh, so... Jimmy Butler, another not another positive notch in his uh, in his legacy in his resume as he looks uh, to enter the Hall of Fame and uh, who knows maybe even win a championship before his career has concluded. Thank you so much for listening to the Iso Ball podcast. We got more content coming through. Uh, I've added another guy to my team, uh, Josh Matthews. You've heard him on a few podcasts. He's going to be doing some great social media stuff. Uh, we're going to have uh, some more content coming your way on there, uh, different po- podcast topics, uh, stuff to fill out uh, the offseason, uh, not just draft, not just uh, free agency, but other topics as well. So you could be on the lookout for that. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for listening and we will talk to you very, very soon. Till then.